So what is anxiety? That's what we're going to be talking about this week on The Relaxed Mail. Hello and welcome to Relaxed Mail, a podcast that helps men change their relationship with themselves. I am your host, Brian, and I am a men's life and mindset coach who is here to help you understand that you don't have to suffer at your own expense. You can live your dream, and I encourage you to set, then pursue your goals. So join me as I change the mindset and attitudes of men so that they can be the leaders of their families and their destiny. Hey man, hello and welcome to the Relaxed Mail. All right, so we are on episode 11 and today wanted to talk about anxiety and what it is and how it affects you and how you can actually kind of relieve that, that stress that is building on you and Maybe kind of explore a little bit as to why so many people have anxiety. Um, today, I just went ahead and I ran over to uh, some of the uh, Facebook groups. And I was kind of just to explore and see and, and see how many people, because I'm a, a part of several anxiety, I'm going to call them support groups on Facebook. And there, a lot of these have got a lot of people in them. I mean, there's several that are 40,000 or more members to this particular group, these particular groups, the, which is really astounding because if you really look at it, I'm anxiety is at the heart. And if you look at the, 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 what the definition of anxiety is, it's along the line. I didn't write it down, but the, along the lines, it is, uh, the body's reaction to stress or it's the body's emotional reaction to stress or something along those lines. Anyhow, it has to do with stress. It's basically something that you experience, um, when you are stressed out, which, okay. That was the big topic in the eighties is, Oh my gosh, everybody's so stressed out. We're working too hard in the nineties. They were still talking about stress. And then somewhere around 2000 or so people were like, yeah, let's not talk about stress anymore. Let's make it scarier sounding. And they started to use the word anxiety. You felt anxious, which is what anxiety is. It's just a sense and a feeling of anxiousness, not sure, uncertainty, unsure as to what's going to happen. You're, uh, uh, you get called into the office by your boss. All of a sudden, you know, you, you, your stomach, uh, starts feeling upset because you just ate a big old burrito and it's just kind of sitting there because what happens when you're stressful and stressful and when you are actually, um, feeling very anxious and, and stuff like you getting called into the office and the boss did not sound happy at all for whatever reason. Um, you go in, your body does, uh, starts to assess the situation. Um, your, your amygdala, the lizard part of your brain, it goes through and starts pulling, uh, all the cords on the essential energy users so that you can be ready to go run like the devil if you need to run or if you need to, uh, or if you need to fight, it's going to add more energy and more tension to your muscles. And so you're, you're getting tensed up. You're all tense. You're ready to either spring and spring and run down the hall screaming, or you're going to deck somebody. You're going to make sure they wish they hadn't, have, hadn't a bit into you. But, and so in doing so, your, your stomach, uh, 
eating or processing food right now is not that important. So, you know, you, your body starts pulling the plugs uh, to food. Your digestion slows down to almost nothing, if it not at all, completely stops. So you get the sore stomach. Uh, producing saliva isn't that important. So all of a sudden you start getting that really nasty uh, cotton mouth flavor in your, ma- in your, uh, in your mouth. And you're, you can't drink enough water. Yeah, and all this stuff happens to you. Your heart rate picks up because you've got uh, uh, your... Uh, your uh uh hippocampus and and uh and and uh adrenal glands are, are going into overdrive getting ready to do whatever it needs to do we have associated with all that sensation all that anxiety all that anxious what's going to happen to me and people feel that day in and day out uh last uh, last friday i was driving down the road and had a guy who uh had dropped some stuff in the middle of the road and i was watching him as he was walking out and it looked like he was about ready to just go walk out in front of me. And when I did, I stepped on the brakes and, and the load I was carrying was, uh, was a set, uh, was some basically their particle board, uh, or press wood. And so no matter how tight you crank that down, if you stop too hard, that stuff's going to shift forward. And it did. It shifted forward about a foot. And when it did, it snapped a whole bunch of the, uh, the, uh, of the, uh, the bundles themselves, their straps that are plied at the factory snapped. And so I had all, uh, all of a sudden I had all these green straps flapping around in the, in the breeze. And I got myself pulled over because, you know, I was trying to, uh, avoid the guy. And as soon as I saw that he had stopped and I looked forward, all of a sudden there was two dresser drawers sitting in the middle of the road. And so I had to kind of swerve to avoid those and make sure that I didn't tip stuff. And I saw the, the saw everything in my rearview mirror move forward. And there was a whole bunch of whole crap going on. And when I got stopped, obviously I felt stress. I was like, oh crud. I just, you know, I just screwed some stuff up. I just broke some straps. These guys who are going to be picking this up are not going to be happy me delivering this because they're going to have to kind of rearrange the, uh, the loads a bit, uh, and, and try to make sure that everything stacks. Okay. And, uh, and I knew what was fixing to happen. And I, and I was like, ah, oh, crap, I've got to call the boss again, because this isn't the first time that me stopping on the brakes too hard has caused this. I had a, a, a moron go from the far left corner to r- cut right in, cro- uh, in front of me, trying to get into a, uh, get to, to hit a, an exit, uh, that they were missing instead of going down to the next exit and whipping around and going back. They wanted to hit that one right then. And so, I came within about a foot of missing them and that was at the middle. And I was going to, if I didn't stop, I was going to hit them broadside and, and T-bone them. And that was not a good thing at all. We all experience, you know, anxiety, this, uh, this tension, this, uh, you're, if you're at work, you're working in corporate offices, uh, you've got, uh, anxiety and tension about something, uh, a project coming due or, or you've got a customer who's unhappy and is threatening to, to sue because it's a breach of contract. Uh, you may have at the house, you know, you get home and, and the wife is not happy and she's ragging on you because you're, you've done, uh, you're not, we don't have enough money. She's trying to figure out how she's going to get Christmas taken care of. And you're, you know, you're doing all that you know to do. And so you're, you're trying to defend yourself because you feel like you're being attacked. And, and in the process of that, she's feeling like you're attacking her. And so there's a fight going on. And so you've got all this stress and it, it builds and it grows and it, and it produces all this cortisol and other negative emotions in you, right? 
Well, that anxiety that you feel is, as I just sounded, a feeling. That's all it is. And so a lot of us these days take anxiety as if it's a physical object. It is what is causing us all the heartache, all the pain, all the unpleasantness, the upset stomach, the, you know, the, the muddy river running through our intestines, the whole shebang, everything unpleasant about stress that happens to you, the headaches, the sleepless nights, uh, all we want to blame it on an emotion which is what this, what anxiety is. It's just something that you feel. Now, I've mentioned before, and I'm going to mention again, and I'll mention it more and more down the, uh, in the next, in several other podcasts. An emotion is nothing more than a vibration that is created from a thought. So we have all these different, you know, negative feelings. And these days we've been told, uh, thanks to marketing and, and other people that, you know, we're not supposed to be feel bad. It's, it's, we don't have to feel bad. We, we can, uh, we can feel as, as happy and as, and as joyous as we want. We deserve to be happy. Well, no, you don't deserve to be happy. You can allow yourself to be happy, but there's things, there's outside circumstances. You have no control over how, you know, your boss is going to react if you, you know, you flub something. And so he's going to react in his own way. Negative feelings happen all the time, no matter whether you're walking down a, a, a dark alley and uh, a group of guys walk around the corner and they're walking towards you. You don't know what that guy is going to do. And, you know, you're going to have that anxiety of, oh my gosh, am I fixing to be robbed? And, you see them, one guy's carrying something. It might be, it might be a, a, a compact umbrella. It could be a, a, could be a lead pipe. You don't know exactly what, he, what he's got. Uh, the guys are all laughing and chuckling and all that. And you don't, so, and you don't know. You have no clue. Uh, the same way, same thing happens when you're in a new job. You walk into a new job and you're the, you're the new guy. So you don't know how everybody else is going to react. How are you going to fit into this, uh, into this equation of this new business? Um, and so you've got emotions that, that come about because of random thoughts. So you have an event. Uh, the boss yelled at you. That event creates a thought of, Oh crap. I'm screwed. He did not sound happy. Okay. First off, you're uh, running a, a, uh, trying to read his mind just by the way his voice sounded. A lot of times, no, he may be upset, but it could be upset because he just found out that, uh, an important, uh, delivery is going, has been held back for two weeks. And so the construction, uh, project is coming grinding to a halt. So we walk in and who knows? Maybe he's, you know, going to promote you to uh, to another position or he could be there and he could be yelling at you. You don't know, but we take a thought, we take an event and we apply a thought to that. And that thought in turn creates an emotion uh, based on all the little aspects that we read, uh, read into, uh, into that event. Today, so many people act like anxiety is this physical problem. And like I said, it's not a physical problem. It's an emotional problem. It's, it's emotion. Now it can cause physical problems. And I'll get into that uh, as uh, down the way, because it almost sounds like I'm, I'm counteracting and I'm contradicting myself because emotions won't kill you. 
emotions, as I, I like to say, uh, is the is the color to our memories. We remember that we were happy and uh, the most joyous moment of our lives. You know, when I, my daughter was married, uh, or it was uh, watching my baby walk down the aisle as she uh, uh, as she was graduating. Uh, as my son uh, got his dream job, you know, we have all these p- moments uh, when I got married, you know, it, it, there's all these different emotions that we have and all these thoughts and we have and we apply. And it's not really, I remember this being this way, this way. We remember the emotion that we we experience and that emotion helps us to color in the the details of that of that memory. But anxiety itself is not going to kill you. And a lot of folks act like it, it is a detrimental uh, physical condition. And in all reality, it's actually not. It's a very unpleasant sensation that goes through your body. Like I said, it's the anxiety causes your stomach to knot up and it causes you to feel, you know, a headache or it may cause your back and shoulders to tense up and hurt. But it's not actually going to kill you. Now, if you are in a continuously stressful environment, it actually can do the the effects of the and the neurological chemical changes that happen from stress can can cause problems. It's not that it's it, the emotion itself is the problem, but it's the fact that your how your body uh, how that emotion affects your body because. Being under stress all the time can actually cause different issues. Uh, it can change the chemistry makeup of your brain. It can actually even, uh, shrink your brain. Um, and there's, when you, you've got a lot of cortisol in your, in your body, besides for it throwing on extra pounds because it didn't have, it needed extra energy that it didn't use. It, uh, it also causes, it causes, uh, learning disabilities because the cortisol and the stress of a continuous stressful environment actually shrinks the number of uh, synopsises that are in your brain. So you're, and it actually, it, besides for shrinking the synopsises in your brain, it also can generate, it takes those synopsises and redirects them to your amygdala, which is the lizard part of the brain. That's the one thing that is always on, you know, putting you on high alert, putting you in panic mode. And you all of a sudden, if you are always under stress, you can't control your stress nearly as well. So there, as you allow stress to keep building up in you and your anxiety keeps, uh, you keep nurturing the, the anxiety and you keep resisting going, I'm not going to allow the, you know, you're, you're, you're always trying to be distracted instead of processing a thought all the way through and allowing an emotion to run its course you're building up a uh, a resistance to thinking thoughts through and you're more likely to just react and not even worry about anything else that's why i believe these days so many people are in fight or flight mode and that's why so many people get outraged so much because that's a means of of fighting back i'm that's not right then blah, blah, you know and we have this all these all these issues that are going on where people just are not, you know, they don't handle the thought process so well. They don't handle the thought because they have so much stress. Now, is the stress cultural? Okay, I'm going to say a little bit. Um, and as a matter of fact, there's been studies done 
where they have had um, mother rats who are very caring, tending to their to their brood, and if they were very caring and took care of their their and were nurturing to their to their children, those baby mice grew up to being able to handle stress a lot better. So they were they learned in a way how to be stressful, but uh, be ha- learned how to handle stress in a better way. Then you have um, a group of my uh, mother mice who couldn't handle stress very well, and because they couldn't handle stress very well, their children and were or well not handle stress. They couldn't handle stress, but they weren't very nurturing to their kids. Those kids were actually a lot more anxious and a lot more couldn't handle stress nearly as well. And I kind of want to say that that's part of the. And I'm going to get hit for this, and that's okay. I'm a big boy. I can handle the hit. This is where I actually kind of say all the women who have gone into the workforce and put their kids into daycare because they wanted to live a particular lifestyle, I'm going to kind of have to point a small finger at that because the mother was not there when the child was a baby up to... Uh, to school age. They weren't there during that critical part. And so the times of the, going into a, this strange area didn't have mom there to nurture the, the, the baby. And so I think that's where a lot of the, the anxious, this anxious set of, of kids that are now adults have, have actually come from is that not only is the maybe the uh, the dad wasn't around that could also be a very big be a very big problem but when the dad was around and when there was a mom and a dad both in the scene and they were both married when the mom felt she needed to be in corporate america also you know there's a good chance not 100% sure but i i think there's a finger pointing towards the fact that you know maybe if mom stayed at the house and took care of the kids or dad and let's we'll be fair it could be one or the other stayed home and nurtured the kids we would have probably had a whole lot less anxiety ridden young adults young to middle aged adults in today's society but because people wanted a lifestyle they wanted to have that $200,000 they wanted to live in Dallas proper or they wanted to live you know uh, in California or in, in, in some place that was a very expensive place to live where the cost of living was three times as high as other places. If they were, could have lived, you know, yeah, it would have been a longer commute, but maybe if they lived an hour, hour and a half away from work, it would have made where the, you know, at that far, maybe the cost of living would have been cut in half. That's one reason why I kind of wanted to be in a small town because I knew I could work myself and let my, let my wife stay at home with the kids. And we, it's been tight. I mean, granted, we don't have money to go run off on vacation every year. We didn't get to have, get to do that. We didn't get to have all these awesome vacations. We didn't get to, uh, to go visit, you know, go to every concert that was going on. We didn't get to do all that, but we were at home. We had a house and we were able to do that with a single income. 
Yeah, we didn't drive the nicest car. You don't want it. Well, besides, you don't want to actually drive the nicest car, the newest car out there. Anyhow, you want to let some other moron who wants to, who wants to have that weird status symbol take the hit because they buy a car, you know, instantly, like the value of the car gets cut in half. So you buy an, a, a $50,000 vehicle. It's only worth $25,000 the moment he signs his name on the, on the, uh, on the title and buys that car. And it even decreases even more the moment he leaves the part that leaves the uh, the dealership lot. So all of a sudden, that fifty thousand dollar vehicle becomes a a, a twenty four thousand dollar vehicle or a twenty two thousand dollar vehicle. While most people who are successful and have a lot of money don't ever buy brand new cars. And this is just a completely side note. I'm gone off track. So let's get back on to on to talking about uh, anxiety, but. As I was saying, I have to say that a lot of the group is, uh, and a lot of the problem could possibly be pointed to the parents. And what happens with the parents or what happens to the kids is you actually do slight changes to a DNA when you're under a whole lot of stress all the time. And so you're actually passing down the inability to, to cope with stress and cope with anxiety. You're passing that down to your kids. So not only are you a, a, a ball of anxiety, but you're invariably making your children have a hard time handling anxiety, which is, is, is sad because now you've got kids, little children who can't handle the stresses of stuff and, and there's issues that are forming from there. But there are different ways that you can actually control and, and mitigate Anxiety. And a lot of people, some people have tried this and some people are really discovering that. I think that's a lot of where this whole self-help, uh, revival, um, and self-help industry has come from is because people realize, holy smokes, I've got to get out of this stressful environment. I have got to learn how to relax. I've got to stop with the, of uh, being anxious all the time. And there are ways to do that. And you can actually revert. One of the great things about, um, being, a ball of anxiety is you can reverse all the effects that you've put upon yourself. So if you are always worried and you've got all these excess synapses strung to your amygdala, instead of that, you can actually rearrange it. Uh, you can actually rearrange and your, your brain can rewire itself to where it can handle anxiety just fine. And it can go, uh, son of a gun, Coley, I really don't want to have time to deal with this. And you're, you're, you handle anxiety in a lot more at ease action. And the way, a couple of the ways that you do this or what, well, well, we'll get to how to, how to mitigate in a moment, but what else is anxiety? What causes anxiety? Well, I kind of expressed a little bit on there, but it also a lot of what causes anxiety is that we have some uh, uncontrolled thoughts is uh, the big uh, big cause of perpetual anxiety. Our brains typically produce about 60,000 thoughts at a time. Now, you don't always actively think those thoughts because some of those thoughts is should I turn left or turn right while going to work? And you just your brain just knows that it needs to turn left on McAllister turn right on McGee and go down five blocks till you see the Burger King sign with the misspelt, uh, misspelt sign and you make a left here. And then you go down and your work's on the right. You can, you know that you can, uh, a lot of that is, is 
is automatic because our brains love to be efficient. Uh, you ever want to, that's one reason why when it comes to learning, a lot of people stress about learning something and they feel like they can't do it because it doesn't come easy. Your brain really kind of fights you on wanting to change how it does stuff. Try, try, try writing with your left hand, that feel of, 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 oh, dang it. Why am I doing this? This, this doesn't feel right. This is not normal. Feel not feeling right and not being normal is because your brain is actually having to process the action of move the hand up, down, make a loop, do a, a, a swish and cross the T, dot the I. And you really have to think about it. And your motor skills in, in your less dominant hand is nowhere near as easy as your dominant hand because, well, your brain knows how to write your name in cursive without putting much thought to it. So we have these thoughts and they're over, we, we don't fully control those thoughts. And there's ways you can actually control. You're not ever going to be able to control all 60,000. Like I said, a lot of them are automatic, but there are times that if you pay attention to what you're thinking, you can actually correct your, the thoughts because you're a lot of the times we have thought errors. We think, Oh my gosh, the, the, the boss is pissed at me. He's going to fire me. I'm going to get lose. Uh, I'm going to be out of a job. I'm going to lose the house. I'm going to lose the car. The wife's hate is going to hate me. And she thinks I'm already a slacker. And so she's going to move out and leave me. And we're, I'm, I'm screwed. I'm going to be destitute in two, three days. You know, you come up with this thought and you overthink it and you overapply it and you add more layers and you keep throwing more trash upon trash upon trash until you got this huge heap that of just anxiety of unsure uncertainty and half to non-truths that you're just piling on yourself more and more. But if you actually catch yourself going down that road, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to do, you could stop yourself and go, no, I don't know that for a fact. You can stop and go, dude, no, we're not going to be destitute. I, we just got the house paid off yesterday or we just applied the, uh, Gave the house, the bank, the uh, money. So we've at least got one more month before the bank really starts grumbling at us. We can change our thoughts. But all, another problem that we have is that we go into thought loop errors. And so we know, oh gosh, we're, I'm going to get, uh, I'm going to get fired. 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 Well, you don't know that you're going to get fired, but you keep this same thought looping over and over and over instead of uh, applying thoughtful redirection. And I don't mean to redirect as a means to avoid or resist emotions because you don't want to resist. You, the more you resist and you, uh, you uh, don't allow your emotions to, to breathe and to, to run their course, the more you're going to, you're going to fight that and you're going to fight those emotions. You're going to fight those sensations. And you're, every time you hit, have that, you're going to eventually a lot of people start jumping to different, uh, different bad habits. Uh, people who smoke get into a stressful situation. They light up old smokers start up smoking again because there was a situation that's just too stressful. I had to have something as a stress relief, which I, I agree. Cigarettes are great stress relief because instead of having being flooded with those, uh, the cortisol and all the, and the adrenaline and everything else that goes along with anxiety, all of a sudden you're getting a rush of dopamine and serotonin and all this because, you know, you're in a, you see a bunch of people smoking. You're a part of a group now. 
you're uh, you're you're getting a great big old fat hit of dopamine, and you're so your brain go, hey, this is really good. This is this is better than the alternative. Well, you're not thinking about the alternative. You're not worrying about that alternative nearly as much as if you allowed it to go through, and if you allowed your thoughts to actually process. The thought, and I don't mean to processing is actually thinking the thinking through. Well, if this happens, and worrying, you know, unnecessarily worrying about something that is beyond your control is not going to not going to fix it. But if you look at the situation and you apply some thought to that situation that is in a non circular form, you can realize quickly realize that your emotions are nowhere nowhere near in line with what is actually going to happen. A problem with uncontrolled thoughts, though, is you often get different anxiety disorders. And this goes in line with your not being, uh, not controlling your thoughts with that shrinking of the mind, uh, of the brain and the disconnecting of the connections to your hippocampus and, and other parts of your mind and all the extra connections that go to, uh, go to your, to the lizard brain, the, the amygdala. You start getting all these different weird uh, disorders. Now, you have some that are kind of out of people's control, like PTSD. You were in a high-stress environment, and now all of a sudden, you are you have a thought loop error still. You have these thought loops, and you keep overthinking because you keep reliving in your mind that horrible, terrible event that came about. People in, who are in war, they lose their best friend in the, right there beside them. They, their friend dies in their arms. That is a horrible, tragic event that they live over and over in their in their mind, and every time that happens, that causes that same stress, that same anxiety, because they're just living, reliving that same event over and over and over, and that does cause problems, and that does that's where flashbacks and and uh, the pain of of losing your best friend comes into play, and that's where a lot of suicides eventually come about because they're that thought loop and the and the emotions cause you to and with unmitigated thoughts cause you to decide you know what this vibration feels so horrible to me i would rather i'd rather die ocd is another uh anxiety disorder they classify as an anxiety disorder which is I ha- you have to be very controlled. You were, you know, you may have been raised in a, uh, in an environment where if you didn't do it this way, you were going to get, you know, uh, it is a way, OCD is a way for people to control their lives. They know that they can be, again, it's like the mind wants to be as efficient as possible. And so if it doesn't do exactly what the mind wants, it causes a, a thought loop error. And that thought loop error causes the anxiety and people really with OCD really want to freak out. So you have, they have to turn the key, lock the door four times and then shake the door handle three times because they probably have gone through there and locked the door four times and only shook it twice. And they got home and they found out the door wasn't latched. So they want to make sure that's how their brain works in, in with the, uh, with a particular, um, to, to leave the anxiety of the uncertainty. They want to try to control as many aspects of their life as they possibly can. And because of that, they become very, I'm going to say neurotic with, uh, with their actions because they know that this works. If the world is going to blow up, if they do not open and shut, open and shut, open and shut the door. 
um, hypochondriacs, or as they're calling it now, illness anxiety, which is, oh my God, I've got cancer. No, you don't have cancer. You have a stomach ache. No, it's stomach cancer. Okay, well, go to the doctor. Go to the doctor. I think I have stomach cancer. My stomach hurts all the time. Well, no, you're stressed out about stuff. No, no, well, test me. Okay, so they go, they do the test. You're fine. Okay, well, well, I think I broke my, uh, I broke my ankle. I think there's a piece of bone floating around in there. All right, well, it's, and they scan, they x-ray the foot and that. No, no, you don't have any bone chips floating around in there. There's, there are all these different, you know, there's always, you know, someone who's always got something wrong with them. I, I've got, uh, you know, uh, terminal lumbago, which is a joke from, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. If you don't know what lumbago is, it's back pain. <laughs> You've got a terminal pain in the back. So, uh, separation and anxiety is another, another thing where your brain is very used to having something going on. And because you're, uh, you don't have, uh, the full control of your uh, amygdala and it runs free. You ha- suffer from separation anxiety when your wife goes away for, uh, for a weekend. And all of a sudden you start wor- worrying, Oh my gosh, she's, she's left me. She found somebody who was handsomer, uh, more well endowed, you know, all these different weird thoughts that guys have that when they are very anxious about where, the, why their wife, uh, decided to go on a vacation with the girls and not invite him. But, Anxiety can cause these different uh, disorders, but that is because anxiety as an emotion causes the different, uh, can cause your brain to want to start changing the chemistry upon it that it, that allows it to function properly. So what are some ways that you can actually quote unquote fix your anxiety? Well, first off, it's not an easy fix. Uh, because you have to change your thought. And like I said, the brain likes to be as efficient as possible. So to change something, you're having to put the brakes on the easy and you're having to make it do something hard. And so it's going to fight to go back to the easy because it's easy. It's efficient. I don't have to apply much energy to doing my easy stuff. So, but one of the big things is we resist. So immediately we start trying to find some way of making ourselves feel better. Okay. That's a way of distracting from the, from the problem, but it doesn't ever really fix the problem. You want to be able to address the, what the problem is and, and like I said, apply some thought to it. So you want to stop resisting because the more, more you resist, the bigger the, uh, and the more you deny the emotion, it's opportunity to run its course, the worse the problem is going to be. So allow your emotions to actually flow. And, and when you feel something, you know, you got this, an upset stomach and your shoulders are tight and you didn't sleep very well. It's like, God, I've got this overwhelming sense of anxiety. Why do I have it? So you can actually go through and do some writing, do a thought download. It's a great tool to use. That is just, you know, you can either set up a timer for like 15 minutes or you can, if you have unlimited amount of time, just sit down and start writing down every thought you have on a, on a piece of paper. Whether, it doesn't matter what that thought is. Whether you, don't look at it. Don't judge the fact that it's a really stupid thought. Like why are why do we not have a, why did we not uh, have any purple kittens roaming the earth? We want to have just every thought put out. Uh, why is the earth round? Why do we, you know everything that you can think of? Uh, my uh, uh, my boss yelled at me. My uh, why am I being yelled at? Why am I being singled? At? You know all everything that you think, whether it's a victim mindset or not, just write everything down, 
And what that does is, first off, the physical act of taking a pen and scribbling on a piece of paper gives your makes a connection between your thought and your brain as that being an actual thought. If you're if you don't make the uh, make that connection, your brain just uh, has this thought, and it will try to, and it does a very poor job of it. But it tries to jump from thought to 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 thought. And that because it jumps around so much, it doesn't, uh, it can't process a thought very well. So if you write everything out, you can see, well, all right, we have uh, a load of, of lumber coming in tomorrow. So I need, and it's, last time we had some in, it was, it was uh, in a big old uh, mess. It wasn't stacked at all. It had looked like somebody had just taken the truck and shook it like it was a an Etch-A-Sketch and, and sent it on its way. You can actually look and see, well, that's an important thought. That's an important thought. Well, that's a dumb thought. And you can actually kind of dismiss the unimportant thoughts and you can clear up your your thinking and your thought process and get rid of all the extemporaneous gunk and fluff that is, that's choking the system. Another way that you can actually uh, reduce anxiety, reduce the stress that's in your life is take a deep breath, get outside, you know, get a, let the sun hit you. The sun and vitamin D is one of those great big positive, uh, it produces a lot of positive uh, mindset in you. So if you are outdoors and you're thinking uh, and you're trying to think, stop it. Put your hands on top of your head. Take some really deep breaths from your diaphragm. Just fill those lungs up as full as you can. Hold it for a couple seconds and then gently let it out. And then rinse and repeat. Take several deep breaths because what happens when you're taking a deep breath? You're telling your central nervous system that, hey, there is no danger here. We are not going to be jumped by by the enemy any second now. There is no saber-toothed tiger hiding out in the rose bush over there. We are okay. Just breathe and take and breathe nice and slow and easy. Now, this also goes into to, you can do meditation. Meditation allows for mindfulness and being mindful helps you be able to control your thoughts better because you're able to pay attention to what your brain is thinking. And so if it strays off to something stupid, you can go, uh-uh, uh-uh. we're focusing in on putting these nails into this board. We're focusing in on the traffic that's directly ahead of us. We're focusing in on the task at hand. So you can actually get, uh, get out, uh, of, of the random thought process. But also because, uh, emotion or meditation also causes you to have to slow down. You are breathing in, holding it, breathing out, hold it, breathing in, hold it breathing out and you're all you're focusing in on just your breathing so you exercise your your mind but you're also part of the of the meditation is to you relax you relax your shoulders you relax your neck you relax your jaw you relax your forehead you relax the muscles going down your back you relax your butt you relax your your legs you relax all the muscles that you can and when you and your meditation process doesn't fully start until you are relaxed so you're able to force yourself to relax which is another sign that you have control over your facilities. Anxiety doesn't control you unless you don't pay attention to it. If you just accept that I'm going to have anxiety every day, you're going to have, guess what? You're going to have anxiety every day. Another way to actually get rid of anxiety and to change your mindset and change your way you think of stuff is to 
get at some exercise, hop on a bike, go for a stroll, get outdoors, breathe deep, get that vitamin D in your system. And while you're doing so, your blood, your heart's going to start pumping harder. And so you're going to be washing that excess cortisol out of your system. You're, you're going to be moving fresh oxygen into your brain. So your brain can actually get more food, more energy, and be able to process stuff even better. You're going to be releasing or endorphins as you walk. So you're going to be in a better mood. So you can fix anxiety. Anxiety doesn't have you. And that's what I want to tell people. Now, there are times that you have to use medication, which is really sad because medication, uh, a lot of these groups that I'm, that I'm in, I will, you will see people who say, man, I have not been able to have sex in, yeah, you know, in two months now, ever since I got onto this antidepressant, this anti-anxiety medication. Well, yeah, because it's an anti-anxiety medication. It is a mood inhibitor. It takes the, the, it takes the, the, the chemicals, uh, neuroreceptors and it blocks them from being able to feel uh, what is caused by anxiety. But the problem with blocking those anxiety uh, uh, neurotransmitters is that it also blocks the neurotransmitters that makes you feel real horny. So you're wanting to be, you would like to have sex. You would like to feel, you know, feel a little, uh, a little turned on, but you can't because you've blocked them. And a lot of people get real upset when you try to tell them that, well, dude, it, you chose to take any, any, uh, these antidepressants. It's your doing and they, you get a force back, which is I always found really fascinating that they would rather feel bad than accept a different type of truth because their truth and their belief, which is that I am feel anxiety and it's not fair that I can't have sex at the same time. Well, you can have sex. It's just not going to be, you're just not going to have that connection to the person you're having sex with because you've blocked those emotional receptors. But. You can, if you have a whole heap and lot of stress, say you do have PTSD or OCD and a, your, your a therapist suggests that you take, start taking uh, these any uh, anxiety meds. Okay. But as also you want to make sure that you uh, are on the, you, that y'all are both in agreement that this is going to be for a temporary deal. Most of these people get put on any uh, depressants and are, when they ask their therapist, well, how long am I going to be on there? Oh, you'll be on them for the rest of your life. And that's combination of bad therapy session because they don't want to have, because they, if, as long as they're, you're, you're okay, as long as you're on the, on the meds, but the moment you get off of them, all of a sudden you're covered in, in anxiety because you'd never really understood how to handle anxiety. They never, the therapy has never given you the, uh, the tools needed to handle anxiety and to realize that anxiety is just a normal thing in life. And if you allow that anxiety to go, then you're going to feel, yeah, you're going to feel crappy while the anxiety goes, but on the other side, you're going to go, you're going to realize, oh, I've got a couple of different tools that I can handle this anxiety with. And so it's a lot. I can get through this. I am stronger for it. So if you have to have meds, okay, do, do the meds, but try to get a, I am want to be off of these in six months. So you're, we're going to have to work here and you may have to push your therapist. You may even have to find a different therapist who is willing to actually put the work in because a lot of therapists, you know, they're, they're, they do their questions, this question, that question, that, and ask the same questions over and over, but they really don't 
try to get to the root of the problem. They really don't try to fix the issue. And so in doing so, there's a, there's a, there's no solution to the problem. And so people stay in therapy for years without actually ever making a whole lot of progress. So, but in closing, cause yeah, we're at 45 minutes. <laughs> Woo. Another semi long one. Um, anxiety. Everybody has it, whether you want to believe that everybody does or not. Everybody, you may be thinking, well, not everybody has it as bad as I do. You don't know that. You are not a mind reader, dude. But understand that you can mitigate the effects of, of that anxiety. You can actually make anxiety a lot less. You can actually look forward to anxiety because you can actually, anxiety is also a sign of excitement. You're fixing to ride this brand new, you know, you're going to ride the, the, the Texas cliffhanger for the first time and you're fixing to go way up in the air and it's going to move yet and it's going to drop you. Well, that moment, that anticipation as you're hanging out over the edge of that cliff, Right before they drop, because you don't know when they're going to drop. Sometimes it's three seconds. Sometimes it's 10 seconds. Sometimes it's four and a half seconds. You don't know when they're going to drop, but somewhere in there, all of a sudden, you're going to be weightless. And that anxiety builds. And that that anxiety and that anticipation is, uh, the suspense is killer. I hope it lasts, you know, as, as Willy Wonka said. Be okay with anxiety. You can actually experience anxiety and make it through just fine. If you, as long as you allow yourself to experience the anxiety, you name the, name it anxiety and just go, I, I can get through this and you do the steps to mitigate the effects so that you can actually think through the whole process. You will actually get onto the other side and realize that that wasn't quite as bad as I thought it was going to be. So anyhow, folks. This is Brian. I want to thank you very much for listening. Real quick before I go, I still have several openings for uh, the Camp and Coach event. It's going to happen May 7th to the 10th over in Croton Creek, uh, north of Cheyenne, Oklahoma. If you'd like to join, if you'd like to have, if you're having problems with anxiety and you want to uh, want to see if uh, getting outdoors and experiencing the three-day effect and allowing yourself to just allow your mind to disengage from uh, from the day-to-day life and disengage and do a little digital detox. This is this event's going to be one that'll help you out tremendously. It is going to, uh, besides for uh, the three-day effect and de- uh, disconnecting in that way, you're also going to have a chance to reconnect with other men who are in the group and it, with us uh, on this uh, camp and coach event. And all of us are going to end up working with each other and become stronger, become better, and become a more resilient man where we can actually take up the mantle of our of our masculinity and be the men that our wives desperately want us to be. So if you're interested in that, go to relaxedmail.com forward slash live event and you can fill out the, app, uh, the, uh, the form there and be able to uh, sign up. Um, also, if you need some uh, one-on-one coaching, uh, you can uh, also go to relaxedmail.com and you'll see the, the link for coaching there at the top of the site. So this is Brian. I want to thank you again for listening. We will catch you next week. So till then, man, breathe, because life is actually really, really good. Bye.